something you have to make your mind and body say thank you lord yep right that means literally the moment that your car break down your first reaction is like <laughs> right that's the internal you know posture <laughs> right you have to say in that moment and say y'all know y'all know i'm not wrong i can't i don't know the words to say what the emotion is but it's <laughs> so at that moment your car breaks down thank you lord yeah what that's not a normal response thank you lord i have to consider it pure joy, joy. when i when i face this trial mm-hmm. right that's step one welcome to a christian podcast the podcast where we have christ-centered conversations i'm your host kevin wilson Welcome to another episode of A Christian Podcast with Kevin Wilson. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson. Who do I have with me today? Starting to my left. Che Cole. Nelly. Alanre. All right. So we are in Freedom Park in Charlotte, North Carolina. Before we jump into the episode, as always, I want to shout out somebody from the online family. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Ramia from the Philippines. What's up, Ramia? Shout out to you and shout out to everybody that's listening, no matter where you're at, if you're in hometown Charlotte, if you're somewhere across the world, I just appreciative of each and every person that tunes in to listen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Leave a comment where you're listening from, where you're watching from, because we're just so interested to know um, the expansion or or the reach that um, God is allowing through this podcast. So leave a comment um, in the chat and let me know where you're watching from. So today we are talking about suffering. And suffering is not a topic that people are like, yeah, let's talk about suffering. (laughs) Nobody wants to talk about suffering, right? But that in itself is part of the issue of why suffering is so hard for us because nobody talks about it. So you go through stuff and it's like, just read your Bible. Okay, but how? What does that mean? How do we actually walk through it? And so we want to actually walk through in a very conversational way um, what does that mean to suffer? How do we suffer? Um, how can I endure it in a way that Jesus did? Right? Before we do that, because you know I got to ask something ridiculous. Right? If you could have unlimited of either of these two things, unlimited money or unlimited time, What y'all got out there? I heard money right Money? There. Money. She, she said, I'm trying to make it to heaven. <laughs> what else y'all got? Okay, let me ask this then. Ooh, time is money. So that's kind of, that's like a little, yeah, there's a double entendre. Like, <laughs> what do we do? All right, what y'all got up here? I'm going with money. Money? Carnal. No, let me stop. <laughs> nah, I think that's. It. I'll probably go with that too. I want to say time. What is your definition of unlimited time? Though? Yeah, is it like time in a day, like right. time that's in what I'm years. Thinking. We getting too deep. Now nah, let me stop. Because um, sometimes I be like, I don't have enough time in the day. But I'll leave that to day. your discretion. What it means. If I had more than twenty four hours in a day, you still waste them. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Have more time to procrastinate. Yeah, you're right. All right, give me money. What you got? Yeah, gotta go with money. All right, I think I got money too. Cause, like, but think about it. 
if you have more money, it frees up your time. Ooh, that's a fact. Because you don't have to pay for, or you, you can pay for the services that you do. No Laundry. Work. That's true. Mm. You don't have to work. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to mess up the uh, <laughs> what they be saying. Out there. You know, I, I heard a woo child. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody about quicking out there. <laughs> oh, do it, Lord. Right. <laughs> do it for me. Y'all yeah, funny. All right. I always like to add something a little ridiculous out there. So most of y'all said money. Is that right? Money. Yeah, All right. Leave in the comments what you got. Would you like more money or more time? Unlimited of either one of those. Cool. So suffering. Before we talk about a thing, we like to define a thing. So let's just talk not on Webster's Dictionary, not on Strong's Concordance level, but we just going what? How would we define suffering on a surface level? I'd say suffering is like experiencing pain or like some type of trauma. Um, yeah, but still having to like endure through it cool. I agree I think suffering is definitely in my mind equated to trauma mm. but pushing through it okay yeah so looking specifically at suffering I would say it's um, I'm trying to to not churchify it as well <laughs> um, because I think it's like an experience that may not may not be joyful it may not be the most comfortable thing um, because I'm glad you even started off with that because I think sometimes we view suffering like our perspective of suffering is different um, depending like I'll use this for an example my level of pain tolerance may be different than Kevin's, Nelly's, and Lyra's. So what's suffering to me may not even be suffering to you. You're like, eh, it's nothing. That's nothing, right? Um, so I think, it is, I think it is a perspective thing, and I think we'll get into that as well, because I, anytime a conversation of suffering or persecution comes up, I think of what the disciples experience. I think of what Jesus experienced. Right. And then I look at, you know, not comparing, but some of the things I'm like, oh, God, I'm suffering. I'm like, oh, but in reality, am I? Uh, you know what I mean? All right. We start narrowly. OK, that's good, bro, because I think I think that makes you define have to define what suffering is and then understand. Um, it understanding it relatively. Yeah. Right. Relatively. But also not comparatively at the same time. That's the hard part, right? Because like you said, Jesus, the disciples, the, the apostles, th this one beheaded, this one uh, lashed to death, like all of, these all of these things stoned, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, okay, well, my suffering is nothing compared to that. But it's like, on one end, okay, that was their suffering. But your suffering is your suffering, Right. And one thing I, I like you said, the pain thing, one thing I'm always, I remember, especially when I was young, it always bothered me that I would never be able to know how much something hurt to somebody else. To your point, if I, if somebody gets flicked on the arm, you're like, ow, right? And then you're like, that didn't hurt. Cause to you, it might not have hurt, but 
you will never be able to experience somebody else's pain that they experience. And so that's just one of the things in life that I've always been like, dang, like no matter how much that person is in pain, I would never be able to know that if I was in the same amount of pain, how would I take it? And so even as we walk this journey through talking through suffering, I think it's important to know that um, everybody's unique. Everybody's journey is different. Um, and, and, and to Chase's point, everybody's suffering looks different. Because if I compare mine to yours, to yours, to yours, we got four different graces. So with that comes a whole lot of stuff. I like that. So, dang, you got me going deep already. Because... I remember the time we were out here, we just came out here one day and we talked about what is good. And I think I asked the question, um, do we believe in coincidences, right? And a lot of people were like, no, because, you know, da-da-da, everything that, everything that happens that's good is, is part of God, right? God caused it. I was like, cool. I was like, so what about the bad things? Right. And now we were like, hmm, like we, we attribute all the good things to God because we just assume even if something crazy um, happens, that it was God. But if something bad happens, we don't necessarily say it was God's work. Mm-hmm. We automatically most times blame the devil. Yeah. And in reality, that's not always the case. So let's talk about that a little bit. Go ahead. But even that's a perspective thing, right? Yeah. Um, and as you were talking about suffering and even how we look at what is good versus bad or good versus evil in those things, in a personal perspective of it, like how I view a thing may be different than how God sees a thing. So, like, the suffering is good for me because it's producing the patience, it's producing the perseverance, it's producing these things. Yeah. But from my perspective, my limited scope of what I'm experiencing, I'm like, God, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Right? And so God's on the other because his ways are higher than ours, right? And so he's seeing this and is like, no, what I'm producing in you is good. Yep. But I'm looking at this from my perspective and saying it's bad. Mm-hmm. So I think that it takes a... Um, really being transformed by the renewing of your mind even in that sense Mm, that's good so ladies because we was over here for a little bit um have you ever compared your suffering yes (laughs) yep talk about it all the time so (laughs) Um, sometimes when I'm going through things, I'm like, why me? Like, or why do I always have to suffer and then suffer well at that? Like, Mm -hmm. because especially, you know, sometimes it's with other believers, honestly, like when, you know, I don't feel like I'm being treated right. Or if I'm experiencing something that's like tough, I still have the standard as a believer Mm -hmm. to handle things biblically. So I'm like, dang, why do I always have to be? the good the good one you know like why do i always have to be the bigger person the better person you know um yeah sometimes i i compare you know like like the burden like why do i have why is this my burden and everybody can everybody else when they go through this they could just frolic and be happy and ah that's good we'll talk about that that's good yeah and i think that goes with the weight of it too like 
sometimes I think like something happens and I'm like, that really bothered me. Right. But then you see other people and they're just like, it's just like water off a duck's back. And I'm like, I'm really like it, it grieves me. And so I compare myself in that way too. Mm. All right. So that's a good point. I'm trying to make sure I got the scripture right. So bear with me. Um, Cause the Bible talks about often many times throughout Proverbs one, it says, uh, Guard your heart above all else, right? For everything you do flows from it. Mm -hmm. So we hear that scripture, we read it a lot, and we often say, okay, cool. But like, how do we actually guard our heart? And you can't, right? You can't, okay, I'm guarding my heart, right? It's talking about your mind, will, and emotions. Guard that. Okay, but how do you do that? Here's one way. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, um, verse 1, it says, do not envy the wicked do not despise do not desire their company because sometimes even in that you can look at people that do wrong and say in your heart you can start to say man i wish i could do that right like i wish i could just curse somebody out and get away with it let's be real i wish i could do this i wish i could go out and party i wish i could start to do this i wish i could drink and do that and drugs and all that stuff and not have the consequences that i perceive that all these other people have right or don't have and so in your heart, that's how you guard it. You say, okay, I see what they're doing, but I press towards the mark of the high calling, right? As Paul said, not the mark of the world, right? Be not transformed. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you have to meditate over that and say, man, God, I, I, they wilding. And I, I kind of want to be wilder too. You got to be honest with yourself too. Yeah. I kind of want to be wilder too. But your word says, do not envy the wicked. And so I choose in this moment to say, I choose the path of righteousness. Um, and then it says it again in that same, in that same uh, book or chapter, uh, verse 19. Do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked. So it's saying it multiple times to make sure that you... No, like this is a, this is a thing that if you don't, if you're not careful, your heart will be taken away, and and you'll look up, and you're not only just being envious of them, you're doing what they do, mm -hmm. right? Because what you behold is what you become, mm -hmm. and so as you start to look at towards that image of, ah, it's like man, let me just, you know, put a little toe in there, and then <laughs> next thing you know, you're in the deep end. So okay. First Peter chapter one, verse six. This is the NIV translation. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trial. And so, it's like as we talk about the episode title is called "Suffering in Style," right? And so, it's like, okay, what does that mean? It sounds like a little catchy phrase that you got to get my attention, right? But the reality of life is this. Everybody has to suffer. And so if I'm a sufferer, I might as well do it in style. I might as well do it in the way that's um, best fitting or the, the way that God has ordained us to, right? And so I was talking to the team earlier, and I was saying how suffering is a, it's a tool. But your lack of understanding determines what, what side of the kingdom the tool is used for, right? 
So a person that has no understanding, suffering is a tool for the enemy, right? For the devil. And he can use it to destroy your life. He can use it to actually make you even turn away from God. There's many people, you, you hear people all the time that say, I used to believe in God, but my loved one died. This person got, I got molested. All, let's be real. All of this stuff, this happened and God wasn't there. And so the enemy used that tool of suffering to make them turn away from the faith. Um, and so on the flip side, the person with understanding understands that suffering, Jesus suffered. Let's think about that. It said, Jesus said, the son of man will go and suffer many things. If Jesus suffered, the one true living God, right, in flesh, God made flesh, had to suffer. Who do we think we are to be like, well, I shouldn't go through nothing in life? Like, part of the reason why we suffer in a way that's not, um, that's just really hard, is because we're arrogant, if we're being honest. We think that for some reason, we're above suffering. Or like, God, how in the world could you allow this to happen to me? And God, I know God probably be up there like, if you don't sit down somewhere and relax, like, who do you think you are? Um, but even in that, God is so gracious, and he gave us many examples throughout the Bible of people that suffered and endured well, right? Um, Job, uh, you got your scripture? Go ahead. We'll come back to Job. So, um, okay, the scripture I was going to read was First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 12. And it says, um, actually, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to 10. Yeah. Uh, for whoever would love, for whoever would love and see good, good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Um, so that came to mind for me because um, a lot of times, too, I think when we were speaking about, um, you know, just like comparing like other people's like walker, the people who, you know, like inflict pain, but they feel like everything's all good and whatever, whatever. Um, that came to mind for me because a lot of times we feel like, oh, well, let me just take my revenge or, you know, let me let me get back at them or let me give them attitude back or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Like when you walk in righteousness and like when you walk, um, you know, handle things the way that you're supposed to, like the Lord's face is still upon you. But when you do evil, just like they do evil, like you suffer the same consequences and the Lord is sovereign. He's not or we're not. So, you know, we don't we may not see, you know, the suffering that they go through um, or, yeah. or the enduring of the consequences that, um, you know, they you know, suffer, but like we have to trust that when we walk righteously, when we handle things like the right way, um, you know, that the Lord does see us and you know that He'll see us through. Let me see, yeah, that's what I thought about. That's good. And I think um something you said reminded me of this that it's like you don't know. You can be comparing a false image of somebody suffering. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. You're comparing the person that on the outside they show up and it's like everything's good. That person might have went to their car and broke down like in tears because they just held it up for the moment and then you don't know what they're going through. And so sometimes we 
we uh we compare ourselves to other people's best image right like their 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 sunday best their their instagram post their da 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 and it's like dog i didn't see i didn't see real people in real life who i'm talking to them and they're they're down bad and i look on instagram and it's like it's like you're work like you're having the best time of your life and i'm like this you just i'm watching you cry right and it's like dog there's such a that's such a tool that of the enemy because it's like mm-hmm. this person is de- like in real life down bad but all you see is what you see and so if you compare to what you see um that's it's it's gonna make your suffering even harder yeah mm-hmm. so false humility did that that's false humility e. like you're looking at somebody and they're not being honest about what what they're going through and you're looking at them and you're comparing your life to them Mm. meanwhile they're struggling and you are fighting another beast on its own yeah now you got more suffering on top of that just because your eyes not straight yeah you know i want to find it there's there's a scripture that it it say i think it says it word for word it says mind your business I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lying. It's it's for real. I I was. I ain't gonna lie. I was rolling when I read it because I said, "Oh snap! I can use the scripture now." Nah. Said, "Mind your business." Okay, we in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse eleven. Eleven. Yep. Uh, let me go up one more though to ten. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Look, Paul said, mind your business. <laughs> but And I know that's funny, but I think for real, if we do mind our business, we can really avoid a lot of trouble. Like in a lot of ways, comparison, um, quarreling, strife. Uh, arguments, slander, like this, if you literally just think about it, some, a lot of, not a lot, some of the problems in your life happened literally just because you didn't mind your business. They weren't even your problems. They became your problems because you got somebody else's business, right? And so, I know it sounds funny, but mind your business. Anybody got some? Cool. Jay. All right, I'm gonna get to some of these questions on the Q and A. Does does suffering sometimes require isolation for breakthrough? Does suffering sometimes require isolation for breakthrough? You guys? Yep. I think so. I think that suffering does require isolation, just like we were just talking. If we're looking at other people and looking at what people. Um, how they react or their behaviors when things are done to them. We're comparing ourselves to them. And so at some point you have to isolate yourself and say, all right, I am going to focus on what God wants for me in this season and what lesson I need to learn in this, for this opportunity and not look at everybody else. Just like you said, mind Mm -hmm. your business. So, Mm -hmm. So let's, I like that, right? Mm-hmm. So you already know me. I'd be like, 
because I think about I think about the person that takes something and goes to the extreme, right? Mm -hmm. So there are times, right, of, of isolation or seasons where you're kind of just doing your own thing. I know where you're going, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's valid. We're gonna balance it though, too. Isolation can be a tool. It's another thing. I think almost everything is like this. If you really, yep. if you use it in the right way, it can be a tool yeah. for God to use in your life. Without understanding and with the improper motives, it becomes a tool for the devil. To where, what does the scripture say? Don't forsake the, the assembly of the brethren, yep. right? Meaning, don't forsake gathering together, being around people. Um, iron sharpens iron, right? Um, two are better than one, for they have a better return on their labor. Uh, if one falls, the other one is there to pick them up, right? And so, you, the task for you is to understand what is the season now, yeah. right? That's the prayer point is, okay, it's not, all right, bet, I got hurt, or this sucks, life is hard, so I'm going to just isolate myself. That's not it. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the question is to God, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to sit with you for a while and just be? Do you want me to reach out to a brother or sister that can help me walk through this? That's the real um, thing because if you take either one side, to the extreme is no balance yeah so especially in, in talking about like having this conversation i try to steer away from the word isolation and more so in the sense of separation so it, it's not because isolation kind of insinuates that it is this secluded space this um like you're on your own island type of thing right but i think there's a difference with separation because there may be some people that i may have to separate myself from in this situation in these circumstances um and even in in the example of jesus sometimes he would separate himself yeah. but he came back right he, he separated himself for a moment of prayer for yeah. time uh, of fasting prayer of fasting mm -hmm. um but then he came back to the the disciples the people that were mm -hmm. uh in a sense walking with him that he was doing life with That's and good. so i think there's a difference i know it's it's very nuanced in how you look at the words um but sometimes i think when we think isolation we really think i'm on an island by myself uh, versus separation it, to me it kind of keeps it confound to it's intentional there's an intentionality behind the reason why this is taking place and some people yeah. um, that may have attributed to the suffering maybe it isn't that you reconvene or rekindle uh, in the way that the relationship was like don't be beefing or, or yeah, holding yeah. grudges or anything but it may be like i can't be in it i've given my life to christ mm -hmm. you're living mm -hmm. of the world mm -hmm. <laughs> right uh, it is what it is and i can't be in these environments i i still love you dearly yeah but yeah. these environments are not conducive to where god is calling me yeah mm, okay ah told that right uh remember the phrase um people just i'll come back i'll remember that but if i don't i'll forget so um because to both points right you can be isolated and still not minding your business yeah right you can be separated from people and you can be on your own island looking at somebody else's island like <laughs> what y'all got going over there right and so Isolation in and of itself, the Bible says in Proverbs, look, look straight, look ahead, right? Let your gaze be directed in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so you can be, 
you can be focused in a crowd of people or you can be focused by yourself yeah. right so if i'm focused on where god has me it don't matter how many people are around me i'm focused but if i just think okay my my key to life is isolation in this season but I'm, I'm i'm by myself i'm not talking to people but i'm still scrolling on social media looking yeah. comparing myself every day if, if if i still every time i go on tv i'm like man i wish i it's the isolation is of no use and so yeah. um make sure that you're being prayerful about your times of isolation because i do think there's a place for that yeah agreed and um you know you're yeah i love what you said about like hold up a little bit I love what you said about there being seasons, like just knowing your season. Um, but either way, like separation or isolation versus, you know, being in a group or whatever, like either way, it's never separated from God. Like right. either way, we mm -hmm. have to trust that, trust yeah. God's sovereignty mm -hmm. and trust that, you know, whether I, I have a bunch of people around me in this season mm -hmm. or not, God is sovereign and he knows what's for my good. And mm -hmm. if I look around and I don't see the people who can you know, I can lean on to lift me up in this season, then that's okay. The Lord that this time with me and you, Lord, like how do I depend on you during this? And sometimes that season of isolation that you're going through is, mm. is, is what you need to kind of like develop that trust mm -hmm. in, in the Lord when you're, when you're going mm -hmm. through your suffering time so that when you do get around people, mm -hmm. you're not dependent on that person to, um, you know, lift you up out of your pit and things like that. And those, there's a place for that. Mm -hmm. We've said that, but um yeah when you're not codependent you know like you're but you're you're able to you know not only like when you're going through those things like just be able to receive you know from mm -hmm. the lord and you know just stand on your own two feet but also somebody else might be going through the same thing mm -hmm. you know and you're able to encourage them in it too even yeah. in your suffering yeah. you know that's good yeah some mm -mm, i'm good so okay people right the question now is Sometimes sometimes people cause us suffering, right? Our pain, our frustration, our how do we know I'm gonna ask you this. Okay. How do we know when um the the suffering being caused by people, how do we know whether we should endure it or when how do we know when it's becomes like toxic and I need to wash my hands of it? Because there's some suffering that's like you walk with people, you're gonna you're going to go through some stuff. You're not always going to agree with people. That I mean that every person is supposed to be candy and roses. I don't know. Um, but how do you know when it's too much? I feel like that's a Holy Spirit thing. Like, that's a Holy Spirit. Like, he tells you when... So, so, so I'm just thinking about some of the examples of my life and people often tell me, why are you doing that? Like, why do you allow that to happen? You could just wash your hands of them. Right. And so in those moments, I'm always like, I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me that I should help this person in this way. Or the Holy Spirit is telling me that not to give up on this person at this time mm -hmm. right and so there's always a lesson for me when i get frustrated i feel like that's an opportunity for me to pray for that specific thing mm, that's good um rather than let it go that's because good. then it's like it's a lesson for them but it's also a lesson for me um where i'm seeing i can see god move in a different way 
mm. where other people get frustrated about it, I have the patience for it. So, so <clears throat> is there a, is there a limit to that, or, or basically, like, what is a sign that will make you say, okay, or I know the holy, or what would make the Holy Spirit say, like, that this is too much, like this is for me, or for anybody? I think that that's that's for that's an individual thing, right? So that's something that the Holy Spirit can say to you. Um, I think once you're you get to the point where you're you're getting abused or you feel like someone is taking advantage of you, mm-hmm. um, that's another conversation. But if it's just a point of uh, you're just uncomfortable, then or you don't like it then that's an opportunity to pray that's good yeah i th- I agree i think i think un- discomfort one thing mm-hmm. abuse yeah uh manipulation yeah when, when, when you start to feel or know a sense by the holy spirit like okay this is not this is beyond just you not being a great person this is beyond you just not walking in the fruits of the spirit this is you're you're abusing me or you're taking advantage of me that's when you got to be like, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to love you. But I, I I don't think it's the heart of God for you to stand in abuse daily and, and just endure that. So I think that's a great, great point. There was one time I was under um, just leadership that was like kind of manipulative and just not treating me well and things like that. And... Um, and I left like I left my duties and, you know, I just I left um, and the Lord told me to go back. And there was a second time around where I did leave. Uh, but this time it was with his peace. So the first time I left, I was I left out of um, offense. I was I was offended. I was upset. I was like, OK, I've been enduring up under this suffering and things like that for so long. I've been praying so long and things haven't changed. Like, I'm going to just leave. I'm tired of it. And I, you know, did so under the guise of, you know, um, you. This is abusive, you know, yeah. um, and. But I think also it's it's important to make sure that um, if you're where the Lord sent you, um, and there's a place that you're supposed to be in um, that you also are released when the Lord tells you to be released. That's, so good. That's good. And when I said a when I say abusive, like I don't I don't mean like physically, you know, putting your hands out. Like there's um, there's a there's a scale, if you will. Um, but I think it's like important to you know just ask the Lord, like when am I supposed to leave and how I'm supposed to leave, and and just always make sure that your heart is right. Um, because uh, just being offended and, um, you know, just being upset about, you know, things not going the way that I think that they should go um, and leaving that that puts me in a place of uh, disobedience, you know. Um, yeah. And so I went back and I served well. And, you know, the next time when I was, you know, released to leave, I left. And, you know, like, again, I, I had God's peace after that. Um, and so I think that that's like important to just knowing that, you know, when you're released and also just being like obedient to just again, you know, the Holy Spirit. So um, being obedient. So you got to remember how you got there. So a lot of the situations that that have happened to me, um, 
I remember God putting me in the situation. I remember God bringing those people to me. And so when it gets to an uh, uncomfortable place, I have to remember that I'm still in obedience to God. And God brought this to me. He never said it was going to be an easy. (laughs) These bugs going crazy up here. That was me. (laughs) That was me? That was a big B. That was me. Um. He never said it was going to be easy. Yeah. You know, somebody comes into your life and um, they're struggling. They have things that are, that might be going on. That's an opportunity for you to pray for that person. You're still called to that, that mm-hmm. church or you're called to whatever. The person It's just a time period that it might be uncomfortable that you have to use that opportunity to pray for the people or pray for what's going on, the situation. That's good. And it's building you up as... A Christian or a lover of God. So yeah. that's, good. that's good. Yeah. All right. Boom. So I'm answering these, some of these questions. Are we going through some of them? Somebody said, why does God allow suffering? And uh, this is a question that, you know, you kind of got to like the way you answer is very important because um, I think it's a lot of people. A lot of people struggle with the concept of how could a good and perfect holy god sit up there in heaven and look down and see bad things happen bad things happening and allow that right and i think that's a totally understandable um mindset right for a person that is not doesn't know what we're about to talk about right and so the bible says when adam sinned Right. Let's go back to the very beginning. When God created the earth, it was perfect. Right. It was without fault. It was nothing. There was no sin in the world. Um, he puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and says, yo, y'all can do whatever y'all want. Y'all can do backflips. Y'all can do cartwheels. Y'all can eat from that tree, that tree, that tree, that tree, that tree, that tree. Just don't eat out of that one. Right. The, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, um, you know, Adam and Eve end up eating the fruit, doing what, you know, doing what they did. And at that point, uh, the Bible says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. And so at the moment that they sinned, the world went from perfect to imperfect. And so anytime uh, when there's imperfection, that allows for wrongdoing. Or, or that allows for persecution that allows for um hurt pain lying like sin all of that stuff and so that is the entry point for how why god allows suffering because the thing about god is his principles stand regardless right he can't he can't say do this or don't do this, you do it, and then there'd be no consequence, right? He wouldn't be a good father. He would he would be a liar, right? And said, God is not a man that he should lie. And so um, that's really the entry point. We'll talk about, we're probably going to get into it in a second, of like how God uses the suffering. But the reality of it is, if I had to say it in, in one sentence, suffering is a thing because the world is imperfect, right? And if you want a perfect world, Go to heaven, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you won't see a perfect world until you make it to heaven. Um, and so I think once you acknowledge that and accept that as the truth, 
then now you can look forward and say, okay, how do I navigate this suffering? Anybody? I think, too, to keep in mind, um, and this is going to go very deep very quickly, is the importance of having a revelation of Christ as Savior, as God, uh, because there are several scriptures that point to uh, Satan, the enemy, being the God of this world, the God of this age, meaning uh, lowercase g, right, lowercase God, uh, and that is important to know because as um especially when you start talking about conversations about god uh, you got to make it clear which god we talking about right um and so with that understanding as sin enters the world as kevin uh highlighted and pointed out uh, the god of this age who is the enemy is working through a lot of different things that we see right and so as believers we have um the privilege of knowing God through his son, Jesus. Uh, and so in, Jesus talks about in John 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have trials or, or tribulations, um, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah. So it's through Christ that we are able to overcome the suffering, the, the persecution that we will face. Um, why would Jesus say in this world you will? He didn't say you might. Yeah. He said you will have trials. Yeah. You will face tribulations. Yeah. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And because I have overcome the world and because you believe in me, you have also overcome the world through me. So that is the importance of having that relationship and, and fostering that to have that perspective yeah. of who Christ is. Uh, and so when when people, uh, many who may be enduring suffering right now uh, or, or in the future, you may encounter people who say, uh, as as Job's friend told him, curse your God, mm-hmm. right? And he said, no, I, I, I can't do that, right? So, and that's a real thing because people will look at your experience and say, well, why do you still believe after all that you've been through, after all that you're, you're experiencing? Don't allow the enemy to, to plant that seed to say, you shouldn't be going through this or, yeah. or, or this shouldn't be happening to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just I have a revelation of who Christ is as my Savior, as my Lord. He is sovereign. And I have that perspective. And I trust the God that I serve. Though he slay me, as Job said, mm-hmm. yet will I trust in him. Yeah, that's good, bro. I have this idea that I'm going to support it with scripture. But it's that if there was no suffering persecution hardship anything wrong we would not serve god right i truly believe that because we wouldn't we it sounds real good right it sounds like if life was perfect of course i would serve god right it sounds good but i'm gonna read the scripture now it's talking about um poverty or riches but i'm gonna take the principle right this is proverbs chapter 30 um Verse 8, starting at verse 8, it says, Keep falsehood and lies for, for, far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and do what? Disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of, of my Lord. So he says, If I have too much, I may disown you. Yeah. I'm going to take that principle and say, If life was too perfect, we would disown God. Yeah. We wouldn't even know to attribute the goodness of God to him mm-hmm. 
because it would just be like this is what life is we wouldn't know that when we when we were suffered mm-hmm. and you cry out to god and then he delivers you now i can attribute my my deliverance to his power his name mm-hmm. his greatness versus if life is just great I'm like cool that reminds me of adam and eve in the garden yeah like they didn't know they had it good until they didn't mm, facts that's good so after facts after it's like oh man we could have been living it up we could have been living it up but now we gotta work mm. <laughs> to eat that's real <laughs> that's crazy Dang. i was talking to them the other day i was like this is a ridiculous example but it just made me think of it and i was like uh one day i had you ever had to go to the bathroom like real 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 bad right and you finally, like, you're on a road trip or something. You're like, yo, bro, I got to go. I got to go. Whatever the case is. You finally go. This happened to me one time. I literally said, thank you, Lord. Yep. I know it sounds silly, right? But what just happened there? The pain I was enduring and my release from the pain that I was enduring caused me to what? Praise God. Mm-hmm. And so I think it works in the same way. Whereas the pain we endure in life, the suffering that we endure in life, once we recognize his hand in it and we recognize how he's delivering us from it, saving us from it, we say, thank you, Lord. Versus if it, when you don't have to go to the bathroom and you are when you just barely have to go to the bathroom and you go, you never at least for me, I'm not like, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. I just do what I do. Yep. And so it's the suffering that points you to Christ. I guess I got to ask a question after that. All right. So. Let's see. Let's see. Y'all asking some good questions. When you are waiting for a promise from God, your heart is burdened and you feel like you are suffering. How can you push through the suffering until the promise is fulfilled? I almost think you partially answered the question. In your question. Like the promise is fulfilled, right? You got I take one scripture from that what you just said. His promises are what? Yes and amen. Meaning if God has promised it, if it's truly a promise from God, as long as you walk right with him, you walk in the way that he's called you to walk, his promises will be fulfilled. Right? And so um to understand his handing in your life, to understand that he has plans to prosper you, not to to harm you, to give you a hope in the future, right? And so um all of that really is to say the word of God is what gets you through. Because everything I just said was scripture. It wasn't nothing I made up. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we look at the Bible and we say it's this book that I was told that I should read. But we don't oftentimes or all the times look at the Bible and say, this is a manual for how to do life well. Right. This is a manual for what to do, the manual for what not to do. And if you really getting down, if you need one book, if you need if you needed three books that would get you through and help you to understand suffering, I would say it's the wisdom literature. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is Proverbs, Job, Ecclesiastes. Throughout all three of them, you see, do this. Life will go well. Mm-hmm. Do this. Life will, uh, won't go well. That's Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes says, you might do well, and life still might be bad. <laughs> you might do bad, and life might be good. It tells you, wait. So it's not 
all it brings balance to Proverbs. And then Job just talks about a dude that was borderline perfect mm-hmm. and how even him being perfect, he still suffered more than most of us will probably ever suffer in life. Yeah. And he did it like a G. Yeah. Like he he really did it like a G. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but Job was a I wanna be like Job when I grow up. <laughs> um so yeah. So And I think too, like we have to remember that um like the word says that we've been given every single thing that we need for life and godliness and also that we're graced for the suffering too. Like in that word grace, like if we're graced for the suffering, then that means that if we're graced for the suffering, then that means that, you know, we have to depend on the Lord to, we have to yield to Holy Spirit in the midst of those those trials. So mm-hmm. when we decide to love instead of hate or to, to love instead of um, retaliate or take vengeance for ourselves yeah. or, you know, endure, like whenever, when we do those things, like he literally empowers us by the spirit. The word says also um, it's he who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. But we have to take that step. And mm-hmm. so when we're when we yield ourselves to the spirit instead of to our flesh and like, you know, do the action, he graces us to be able to continue. Um, and so I think it's important to just remember, like, you know, to to not give up and that we like have the perspective of like we can do this, like we can endure. We've been given everything that we need to be able to endure through the suffering. And um, Peter also says, like, though we suffer for a little while, like it's, yeah. it's, temporary. it's temporary, like our suffering is temporary and jesus suffered for us like how much more you know can we give ourselves to him and say like you know i'm gonna suffer too i'm gonna suffer with you it says we share in his sufferings you know um and if he suffered the like the worst death you know what i mean like died once for all like for everybody you know like we can we can we can take a little bit you know while we're on this earth not to minimize you know what we go through because we go through some hard things but um Yeah, he graces us for it. And as long as we do it, we're we're safe when we suffer according to what the word says and not suffer within our within our flesh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's good. Kevin, what's this um, when you talk to the the guy uh, about what was the word that was not fully persuaded? What was the word Mm. there? Disobedient. 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 Okay. So going back to the original, I just had to get that um, piece for, for yeah. where I'm about to go. Um, but Romans 4, it talks about how uh, it's pointing back to Abraham. Uh, but in verse 18, it talks about uh, who contrary to hope, in hope believe, so that, he may, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Right. And so that's pointing back to Abraham. Sarah uh, initially didn't believe. And what God had promised him, did his own thing. But we know he, at some point, something clicked for him to be fully persuaded about what God had promised him. And so him and Sarah did the thing and, you know, God's <laughs> promise was fulfilled. Okay. So Amen. <laughs> here we go. Uh, in verse 20, Romans 4, verse 20, it says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith 
giving God, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also he capital H. He was also able to perform. Right. So uh, Abraham, who contrary to hope in hope, believe he didn't waver. His faith didn't waver. So in those moments of uh, I may be enduring suffering, I may be. Uh, in a in a, a prolonged season, from my perspective, it's knowing that I'm fully convinced that God is good, that God is sovereign, that God is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Lord over my life. And so whatever it is that I'm facing, whatever situation that I've encountered, God, you're still good. You still get the glory out of this. All things work together for the yeah. good of those who are in Christ Jesus, who are called according to his purpose. Right. And so understanding his purpose, his plan for my life is saying that I'm fully convinced that, God, you are good. No matter what the circumstance says, no matter how I view this perspective of what I'm experiencing, Stand God, up. you are still good in this. I'm fully convinced of who you are. And I'm not going to waver in my faith in this because I, I believe that you're faithful and you will uh Perform what you have promised. Eee. I like that, bro. Anybody? I want to. I want to say too to that. Go. I love that because it says that he didn't waver in faith, right? But we also see how um, he had relations with Hagar, you know, and they had <laughs> relations. Is crazy. <laughs> we got children out here. Um, no, True. but. He had relations with Hagar and they had they had Isaac, you know, um, there were there were times where, you know, they they did go outside of the will to in order to produce the promise. But I think that that key in there, like and we still see how like Abraham is called the father of faith, though there were times where he was disobedient or like, mm-hmm. um, what is uh, deceitful, like when he said that um, Sarah was his sister, and said, you know, <laughs> like. So, but I think that, I think the key is like, you know, don't stop there, you know? So there may be times where you do struggle with uh, doubt or or disobedience, you know, or you do struggle with like, all right, God, you about to do what you say you about to do. Like, I know I got this promise, but this is not looking like what you said. Like, you know, um, but believe again, you know, I think as long as you continue to persist, you know, believe again, however many times it takes, like. That endurance, the Lord sees that and he honors that. That's good. All right. Here's what we're about to do. We're about to go to James chapter 1. Starting at verse 2. This I consider a formula for how to suffer in style. Right? This is what I consider uh, a very key, yeah, secret sauce for... for <laughs> the secret sauce for suffering. We need to make like a uh, we need to make like a barbecue sauce bottle. But <laughs> secret sauce, I like the uh, space jam joint with the uh, with the secret juice. All right, here we go. Verse two. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yep. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Yep. I'm going to stop there. Uh, I'm going to stop there for now. So let's break it down because we hear this, this scripture a lot. Consider your pure joy when you face trials of many kind. You know, right? Okay, cool. How does that actually help me? Yeah. How do I walk that out? 
That means consider pure joys when you face trials of any kind. I mean, at the moment that a trial comes, you have to make your, you have to will and you have to make your mind and body say, thank you, Lord. Yep. Right? That means literally the moment that your car breaks down, your first reaction is like, right? That's the internal, you know, posture. Right? You have to say in that moment and say, Y'all know, y'all know I'm not wrong. I can't. I don't know the words to say what the emotion is, but it's <laughs> so. At that moment, your car breaks down. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. What? That's not a normal response. Thank you, Lord. I have to consider it pure joy, joy when I when I face this trial. Mm-hmm. Right. That's step one. Then, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That's why I said at the beginning, this thing is all about understanding. What I know, the Bible, uh, Proverbs says, a person with understanding is even tempered. Well, why is that? Because when I know mm-hmm. how people are, when I know how life is, when I know how things happen, I'm settled. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is life, yeah. right? So it says, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So now, when that situation comes up, it's not just, why did this happen to me? Life sucks. This is bad. This is hard. It is, ah, this is a tool that God can use to propel me to being who I'm supposed to be, right? And so you know that that perseverance, this, you have two people that suffer, right? You have one person, they go through the same exact thing. One can come out a stronger Christian and one can come out worse. That's all based on your posture. They can have the exact same down to the T, like the exact same situation. But if I let the perseverance, it says let perseverance finish its work. If it says let, then that means that I can not let. Right? I have the choice to not let perseverance finish its work. So that means if I don't stand in a situation, if I choose to say, this is too much. I'm not doing this. This is too difficult. I'm not dealing with this. And I step away, or if I don't do it in faith, then I forsake my my building up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't become mature and complete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I am lacking now. Yeah. And so the, the a strong Christian is one that endures, not one that doesn't go through anything. Yeah. We often see like, oh, man, this person, you went through this, and it's like you seem like nothing's going on. It's like. Nah, it's not that nothing's like hard or difficult. Is that I have understanding. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you don't cry sometimes. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't. Sometimes some days be up here, and then some days you're like, man, this is rough. Yeah. But it means that at the end of the day, I have in the back of my mind that the suffering I'm going through is making something. It's building me. Yeah. And that's that's different. That yeah. that gives you a motivation through your yeah. suffering. Yeah. So anybody want to add something to that? No, I think that was what I was saying earlier, too. Same thing. Um, being able to recognize the situation as an opportunity to pray. Yeah. And allow God to build you up in mm-hmm. that, in those situations. So, yeah, I think that was really good. Yeah. Uh, I always think of Psalm 119, verse 71, um, where David says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Mm-hmm. But even mm-hmm. after that, like, I've always heard, that just that part it's good that i was afflicted but even then 
it's comma that I may learn your statutes, that I may learn the statutes of God, that I may learn more of who he is and have that come into the realization and revelation uh, of of Christ even further. So. Yeah. And then here's the other scripture. It says. Uh, it was good that I was afflicted. Right. But it also says, hold on, hold on. I want to get it. Uh, verse 67 it says before I was afflicted I went astray yeah. but now I obey your words wow. so literally the affliction was almost like a lasso it was like yeah. literally that pain you went through was like God saying come here right like get back here and I want to be careful uh, I'm not saying that God caused your affliction yeah. sometimes he does right the thorn in Paul's side but sometimes the affliction is just, again, a tool that he uses. Uh, there's a movie, um, The Bronx Tale, right? Do y'all know what a Molotov bomb is? Some people don't. It's like you take a bottle of alcohol and you put a cloth in it. You set it on fire and it can be used as a bomb, essentially, right? And so in this movie, these guys are going to this. I know. <laughs> follow me. <laughs> follow me. In this movie, these guys are going to... Um, bomb this building right and so they throw one through the window but somebody in it in the building before it actually blows up they throw it back into the car and so what happens is the weapon that you use that you intended to destroy somebody else destroyed you and so when we suffer well that's what happens to satan the weapon that he sent to you right because i'm not saying that god caused some of the stuff some because if you think I'm saying everything that we're talking about is saying God caused the suffering, yeah. you'll look at God like, yo, most of it, a lot of it is God allowing it. Yeah. Right? It's um, him saying, Job, right? Yeah, have yeah. you considered? Job, right? He said, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah. Satan's like, all right, let's do it. God is like, do what you want, but don't touch him. Yeah. Right? So even in that, what is he saying? He's demonstrating I have the power to let you know what you can and can't do, Satan. And so God will say in his sovereignty, he'll say, I will allow this person to your car to break down today. I know that sucks. I know it's not what you want, but I'll allow that so that you can become the person that I need you to be. And so that might that doesn't sound like the best thing. Um, but if you do it the right way and you rejoice what the enemy sent to destroy you, you end up sending back. That's good, bro. That's good. Mic drop. Mic drop. Podcast over. Yeah, uh, I got a lot. Psalm 119 is really good. It's long. I ain't gonna lie, it's long. It's very long. You might have to listen to that on the audio joint. I be doing that sometimes. It'd be like, my mind get distracted if I don't hear the audio. But um, if you can listen to it, I'm just gonna literally just glide through some of these, right? So again, this is Psalm 119. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. If I don't know his promise, then I don't have comfort, right? Uh, 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. 71. It was good to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Uh, 75. I know, O God, I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. So, again, this is an opportunity where sometimes God does do the affliction right and his faithfulness 
92. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. So in other words, if I didn't let the word of God be what I stand on, the affliction would have killed me. It would have destroyed me. Right. But since I delight in his word, the affliction, I just know it's a tool. Uh, just a couple more. Sorry, y'all. 107. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. 143. Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands give me delight. 153 through 54. Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. And I don't know if you notice, but the psalmist here is everything is always according to your to your word, according to your law, according to your promise. So he's saying, I'm not coming to you with this request based on my own desire. I'm coming to you with this request based on what your word says. That's two totally different things. Right. You know, you can't go ahead, say it on the mic. His word can't return to him void. Yeah, so it's 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 all right. I see a lot of people with they, you know, we got kids, we got their parents. I know the parent, the kids come up to the parent and be like, "Yo, dad, can we do this? Can we do that?" And they be like, I ain't trying to get nobody in trouble. Um, and the dad or mom might be like, "Yeah, we can do it tomorrow." And so tomorrow comes. What 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 does the kid say? Hey, uh, dad. You know, yesterday, what you had said was that today we would go do the thing. And so the dad at that one point can either be a liar or have to fulfill his word. And it says that God is not a man that he should lie. So lying is not an option for God. So if you stand on God's word and say, Dad, this is what you said, he has no choice but to fulfill it. His promises are yes and amen. And so if you get nothing else from this episode is that you need the Bible to suffer well. Or else you you won't make it. I don't know. I don't know how people without God make it in life. Cause I, I just I do know, but I don't know how they make it well. Yeah. Cause I I would be jacked up. They don't. <laughs> they, don't. they don't. True. They don't. Thank thank you for grace and mercy. Um, and love. And love. Love. And kindness. We're going to go through all this right. fruit. <laughs> Embassy. Right. Patient. Long suffering. Long suffering. Long suffering. Gentleness. So Hebrews 12 says, uh, therefore, verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin and the sin that easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Yeah. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, yeah. who for the joy set before him endured the cross, yeah. scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition uh-huh. from sinful man Eve. so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He had his eyes fixed on what was ahead of him, which was meeting his father, which was the reason why he suffered. He remembered the promise. He remembered the end. And he remembered us. That's the beautiful yeah. thing. Like, you know, and he minded his business. <laughs> um, Not minding his business. 
crazy. Um, but but yeah, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Verse three, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We have to remember Jesus. Like, remember how Jesus endured so that we cannot grow weary and lose heart. And then First Peter 2, verse 23, when they hurled insults at him, him meaning Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And I love that too because I love that that verse too because again, he didn't operate out of out of flesh. Jesus didn't operate out of, you know, retaliation, but he entrusted himself to the Lord. And I think it's good also um to to allow the Lord to uh bring justice to us because he's the one who judges justly. Like he's the ultimate judge because again, he's the sovereign one. He sees all, he knows all. And just like with Job, like him and his friends, like, you know, they were going back and forth in that book, right? And um, his friends were like, well, maybe you sin, like you need to repent so you can, your things can go well with you. Like, what are you doing? And Job is like, no, I did not sin. Like, I'm a righteous man, you know, like what is going on? He's talking to the Lord finally. And he's like, what did I do? Like, why are you, why are you doing this to me? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And God's like, listen, like, did you hang the stars in the sky? Like, did you, like, do you know the ins and the outs of like all of this? Right. Like he's God like, ran his resume. Right. No, like literally like, and it's crazy too, because throughout Job, like you see all of these scriptures, all, uh, all these chapters, all 30 something chapters, they going back and forth talking about God, but then mm. God takes two chapters to say, this is who I am. And this is what it is. Said, okay. 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 Right. We've had enough. Relax. <laughs> Let me tell you about this. Right. Right. But, as Job, sorry, I feel like I'm jumping around, but as Job was like going through all of this, like God points out that y'all had a wrong perspective of me in the midst of this suffering. And the right perspective is that I am just. And do you trust me? Do you trust my character through this? And I think that's important for us to remember too. Like God is good. And he won't let you fall. Like he's he's good. He's he's a righteous judge. Um, and again, just like it's so important to not take our 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 own um, not take our suffering into our own hands. Yeah. Um, just yeah. And like, if God is just, we have to trust that He's just. And also, like that doesn't mean that you know every single thing like. Every single reason why we're suffering is because we did something wrong. Either that's another, um, you know, thing that we can struggle with is like, okay, what did I do wrong in this? I think it's good to like check and see, okay, am I in sin? Like, did I inflict this on myself? But like, you know, in Job, he was speaking about how um, just because something is going wrong does not mean that this is this is why you're suffering. You know, um, because if that's the case, then God would only judge the world based on on justice. But God is also a merciful God, too. And so if he's merciful as well, then that means that there are things that he does choose by his own volition to withhold. Like he he chooses not he chooses to withhold uh, consequences from us as well. He chooses to also withhold suffering, you know. But again, it's because he judges it all and he sees all, you know. Um, So again, like if he's our God, like. If we know that he's good, like, 
we have to trust that he judges justly. That's good. So good. All right. Uh, okay. So one thing I think that that one tool that helps us suffer well, suffer in style, is our atmosphere, right? And so we talked about that uh, a few episodes ago. We talked about the importance of the atmosphere, right, of your life, like making sure that it's an atmosphere that's conducive for God's spirit and of worship and of praise, right? First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so as you do that, as you maintain that posture of continuous worship, prayer, praise, uh, it, it becomes a shield to you. Right. So I think of it like this. I think of it as in the enemy is always throwing things at us. Right. It says uh, uh, Ephesians six talks about the fiery darts of the enemy. Put on a shield of faith, the fiery darts of the enemy. The times that we grumble and complain. That lack of praise takes away. That she, like we're not yeah. we're not activating our faith at the time, yeah. and so that shield of faith is not active, right? Yeah. And so we often say, God, why did you allow this? And then He's like, I gave you a shield of faith. You didn't, you didn't put it to use. So the fiery darts of the enemy are going, the darts gonna be darting, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so they're gonna do their thing. Um, and so when we take that right, you have to be in control of your atmosphere and understand that. You know, some people, you see, like, and every time you see them, it's like, mm, how's, how's your day? It's cool. You know what I'm saying? You have to, David said, my, my soul, why are you so downcast within me, right? Praise the Lord. Like, he had to say, like, get yourself together, bro. Yeah. Um, and not to say you can't go through anything. I don't want you to, you know, put on this facade, but I want you to work your way into uh, a prayer of continuous worship um and sometimes you just gotta sing a song like we we, we sometimes over spiritualize music and worship and then sometimes we under spiritualize it all right it says in uh james chapter 5 um oh verse 13 is any among you in trouble let them pray is anyone happy let them sing songs of praise and so it's like that prayer, that praise, they go hand in hand. Um, and it often talks about, uh, where is it? It's in Colossians, where it talks about singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. And it says to to one another, right? Admonishing one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. So it's like, literally, you might have to be like, yo, bro, pull up to the crib. We about to worship because the enemy on one. But but we better be on one too. You might literally have to get your brother or sister and be like, "Let's worship." And as you sing songs, you're singing to God. But that worship amongst that worship to God amongst each other becomes a uh, an encouragement, right? It becomes a tool that propels you to where God wants you. And so, don't under spiritualize songs or music. Um, don't put your all your faith in it and say, yeah, this song is going to deliver me. Eh. But don't make a joyful noise unto the Lord, right? Um, and let your song carry to, to where you're supposed to be. Anything? 
man. God is good. Anybody um, have a different perspective of suffering after this episode? Anybody? Amen. So I want to finish, kind of wrap up with this one thing I saw on Instagram. Um, The post said, God is not preparing you for anything. You are just suffering. And I was watching, I'm looking at the comments, and it's like, yeah, 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 da, da, da. Why everybody always be acting like God doing everything? Sometimes the life just is life is just bad. And I was reading it, and I was like, man, it's I'm looking at hundreds of comments where people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, when you truly know who God is, when you truly know that God works what? All, All things, things for the good of those that love him. There's no suffering in which that's how good God is. That even in your suffering, you still gain from it, mm-hmm. right? He still uses it to benefit you, right? He works all things. So even that trauma, that pain, that whatever you're in, God takes it and says, what the enemy meant for evil, I'm going to use it for my good. And so I think this is a, I think this is a very shallow approach to suffering, by just saying that God is not preparing you. I I think in the point that we're trying to make is that everything ain't everything isn't God. Right? I get I, I see where they're going. But in reality, for those that are, are under his covenant and under his love, there's nothing you can do that's outside of his sovereignty, outside of his grace, outside of his mercy. And so he'll take whatever affliction that you're in and use it um, to make you make sure that the perseverance finishes work so that you become mature and complete. Um, so I just, I don't know. I thought that I saw that and I was like, mm. so y'all have any questions? I just want to add, um, because I was looking at this verse or verses, um, and it really, with you saying that, it made me think of this as well. But Hebrews 12, verse 7, uh, this is the NIV. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at, at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God dis- disciplines us for our good, good yeah. in order that we may share in his holiness. Verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. Amen. And peace for those who have been trained by it. Amen. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Yeah. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And I think that's important as we, you know, kind of talked about the perspective uh, yeah. that we must have in seeing that it may appear to be suffering, but it may actually be discipline. It may yeah. be uh, something that, again, God is using for his glory. Um, so I just wanted to 
provide some more scripture to what you Amen. just shared. That's good, bro. That's really good. Amen. Yee. All right. Good, good. I just wanted to say um to that suffering is nurturing too. It's a way that God nurtures us. One of the clinical definitions of nurture is um to create physical, social, um physical physical social and uh i forget the other word but basically to to create different types of challenges um in your life in order to produce growth Mm -hmm. and everything that you just read is that and so again like if god doesn't you know create those uh those those challenges uh within us those those good challenges in us um to where there is a little friction in our lives we're not going to be mature matured and we're not going to grow um and i also wanted to say too like especially with relationships because a lot of times like we suffer a lot in relationships like we need that we need one another you know like we we need to be in relationship with one another there's nothing that we do on this earth alone um we're the body of christ and so we're gonna have to figure out how do we going back to the whole isolation thing like a lot of times it, we feel like it feels comfortable to be, you know, by ourselves or to be antisocial or whatever it is. But like you're in the body of Christ, like you need to have a brother or sister that's going to walk with you um, in any capacity at work. Guess what? You're working with people like yeah. in church. You go to church with people like yeah. if you want to be married one day in a relationship or whatever it is, you're going to be with another person. You got to learn how to endure yeah. like in, you know, yeah. handling those things like the right way is um, going to be able to, when y'all are faced with challenges together, you know, y'all are going to be able to be strong enough to endure to the end. Um, I just keep thinking of marriage. Like, yeah. I'm not married, but uh, I know a lot of married people and I see what the word says. And, you know, um, with marriage, like, y'all go through a lot. Like, the two become one, right? And then as that one, you're faced with hardships. Yeah. And, if we sit here going back and forth, you know, like, well, you're a woman, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, like, if we're sitting here going back and forth, arguing, uh, you know, about you said this to me this way, or you said that to me that way, or like, this is, you got this going on with you, whatever, whatever, like, it's, the enemy is still throwing darts at us. Yeah. So we're just like 10 times worse, you know? Yeah. Um, but if we can remember that we're a team and we fight together and this is producing what we need in order yeah. to endure for the, the rest of the seasons that we're going to have to go through together, mm-hmm. like, you know, will be mature and complete, you know? That's good. I'm just thinking, as Che read it, um, raising children, right? So you're going to raise a child, and you're going to discipline a child, but you're not doing it because you hate your child. You're doing it because you love your child, and you want your child to do better. And so I look at it like God. God is going to show us, some things about us that we need to work on or we need to um, release to him so that we can be mature and that can help us in relationships and marriages at work at church Um, if we just abort mission and just say I'm going to isolate myself and not address it then how are you going to grow that's good and it this is the for I know I'll be like last thing last thing <laughs> I want you to end off with this because uh, you shared it the other day and I thought it was good um, about like childbirth and how it relates to suffering I think it's a good analogy 
Oh, okay. So um, we were talking, and I was, it, it's, having a baby, I've never had a child, but having a baby, I just think about labor and labor pains, and you go in water breaks, you have contractions, it's painful, it is an experience, okay? So when you think about that, you think about that suffering, but then once you have the baby, and my mom told me this, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> once you have the baby, you forget about all of those things, and you remember what God has just done, and you have a, a beautiful creation in front of you, and it's like, wow, I don't even remember the pain, because in my head, I'm like, if it hurt that bad, why are you doing it again and again and again and again? <laughs> but you don't remember it. You remember the outcome of it and the blessing that came after that. So. And I think like even if you do, because I don't know, I don't want, I ain't no woman. But I, I know some some women probably like oh, I remember, but even if you do, I imagine you like look my mom over there. She like she like I remember. Um, shout out to my parents. Y'all say what's up to them. Um, <laughs> but even that, it's like it's understanding. Mm-hmm. It's knowing this. This is painful, but. The promise is I will have a child. Yeah. Right. This is working out in the gym is painful, but the promise is okay. I'm I'll get stronger. Yeah. And so, you know, when you go into it, I'm not just lift. Nobody's gonna just lift for no reason. Yeah. Well, some dudes might, but <laughs> they want to be big at the end of the day. So, um, a fool has no Proverbs 18. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. So somebody just want to complain all day. It's like. You're not even trying to understand. You just want your situation to be your situation. So, yeah. Can I get a yo? You. God is good. Huh? I know. I got. I, got, I do got it in the episode. Right. Get out of here. Um. So yeah, I, I hope that this this episode gave you a, a a more clear understanding of what suffering is. How do we suffer? How do we suffer well? Why? Um, and so if I had to give you any takeaways as far as reading wisdom, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, Job, right. And when you under, when you read all those, there's also a book that I, or a video that I like, um, it's by the Bible project. Um, and it explains actually in depth what the wisdom literature is. I recommend reading or watching that before you read because it just gives you so much context. So, um, I just want to pray out of this episode, pray for anybody that may um, be going through suffering and um, even just pray for salvation. So, um, yeah, let's pray. So, Lord God, we just thank you. We love you, God. We um, lift your name up, God, for you are uh, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God. Uh, Father, we just thank, take a moment to acknowledge how great and awesome you are, God. We take a moment to acknowledge, God how good you are, Lord. We take a moment to acknowledge um, your hand in our life, God. Lord, we thank you that everything that you um, have allowed us to experience, God, is all under your grace and sovereignty, Lord. That there's never anything that you've done, God, and that you weren't there, Lord, that you were there for it all, God. So, God, we take this moment and we commit ourselves to your word that says, consider it pure joy 
when we face trials of many kinds, for the testing of your faith produces perseverance, Lord. And so we stand in that perseverance, God, and we let it finish its, let it finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, yes, not lacking anything, God. So mature us, Lord. Make us complete, Lord. Build us up, God. Shape us, God. I pray for anybody going through trauma or suffering or trials, yes, God. Lord. I pray, God, that your hand would be on them, God. Um, and really even more than that, Lord, your hand is always on them. I, I pray they come to the realization that your hand is on them, yes, Lord, Lord. That they've never left you, God. That you never left them, God. That you, as your word says, I will never leave you or forsake you, God. As, as your name, Emmanuel, God, with us, Lord. That you have... You don't have the, even the ability to leave us, God. Yes. For as David said, where can I go and escape your presence? If I go and send to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Yes, and Lord. so, Lord, there's no place that we can be without you, God. So let us embrace in that, Lord. Um, and let us, God, suffer as Jesus did. For um, Jesus knew that suffering was his portion. Jesus knew that suffering uh, was something that he had to go to go through. And he proclaimed that the Son of Man will uh, suffer many things yes, and so god we uh, stand um, in christ lord and we say that we will endure our suffering as jesus did um, yes, and take lord. it god with your grace and mercy lord in the name of jesus god so we thank you god um, thank you for your word god that we delight in that brings understanding and clarity god lord i pray for um, those that are not saved god um Lord, I pray that you would reach out to each and every person, God, and commit, uh, allow them, lead them to commit their life to you, Lord. If there would be anybody even here at this park or watching online and you're like, ah, I'm, sa I'm not saved, or maybe it's not even that type of thing. Maybe you're like, I want to be saved. Maybe you're excited about it. Uh, I just want you to pray this prayer after me and say, Lord, Lord. thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I confess my sins to you. And I repent. I turn from my sins. I turn from my wicked ways. I humble myself. And I acknowledge that I need you. Jesus, I believe that you came, that you lived, that you died. And on the third day you rose. And it is my belief in this that grants me salvation. So thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. I commit my life to you. Use it as you wish. In Jesus' name, amen. And so that's you, whether you out here at the park or you are watching online. We want to just celebrate you, celebrate your salvation, clap it up. So it's something that's just nothing you can do would be greater than salvation. Um, nothing, nothing, nothing. And all of this stuff that we're talking about, these are benefits of being a citizen of the kingdom. And so as you get, as you be uh, become, give your life to Christ and, and become saved, or as we call it, a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, all everything we talked about becomes your inheritance right we, we are uh adopted as sons in the faith daughters in the faith um and so we just welcome you to the family okay. so and i appreciate each and every person listening to this episode if you're watching online please like comment subscribe leave a rating and a review um again let us know where you're from and anything you thought about the episode or any further questions you have 
And we just ask you to remember to make today worth living. Peace. Peace. <laughs> hey.